Key Economic Releases Affecting Fixed Income Yields Insights into Sectors Influencing Fixed Income Securities How AAM Plans to Capitalize on These Themes for Your Fixed Income Portfolio The Portfolio Fix is a podcast series featuring members of AAM's investment and portfolio management team. We will discuss the timely issues affecting the fixed income investments of our insurance clients. Welcome to another episode of the Portfolio Fix, a podcast series from AAM. My name is Patrick McGeever and I'm a member of AAM's investment team. Today, Marco Bravo and I are going to talk about yesterday's Fed rate increase and AAM's latest outlook for the economy in 2023. And then Mike Ashley will provide his latest update on the retailing segment, and uh, he's going to dig into the health of the consumer. So uh, with that out of the way, welcome, Marco. Thanks, Pat. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on yesterday's Fed action. Uh, But before I do that, I wanted to give everybody a lay of the land on some key data since the last Fed action back in November. So since that time... Treasury yields have declined 40 to 60 basis points cross-curve. The twos-tens curve has become more inverted. It's now at something like negative 80 basis points. Yet the S&P 500 is up 4%. IG credit spreads are 20 basis points tighter. Copper is up 12%, and yet crude is down 12%. And the VIX is basically unchanged. So it's it's kind of a confusing price action over the past six weeks. Uh, so I guess, obviously, the Fed raised rates by 50 basis points yesterday. What did you learn from that action or the press release or from Chairman Powell's uh, press conference? Sure. Well, with the, with the 50 basis points increase yesterday, and that was widely anticipated by the markets. Um, And and it also follows four consecutive 75 basis point increases. So total increases in Fed funds rate this year is 425 basis points. That's very significant. (laughs) Um, But the market was really kind of more focused on what the statement uh, would have following the the meeting, Um, the updates to the Fed's projections with respect to the path of Fed funds rate in the future, and also their expectations for economic growth, inflation, and unemployment. And so, and also, as you mentioned, the uh, the press conference. So let's let's look at each one of those. With respect to the statement, uh, there was very little change from the previous meeting, and I think that means the Fed is really not ready to pause. They use the word, quote, ongoing increases in the in the Fed funds rate will be appropriate and necessary. And so the use of the word ongoing likely means the Fed is not yet ready to signal to the markets that it's considering pausing mm-hmm. rate hikes. So further rate hikes are coming. Uh, and that that showed in their updated dot plot uh, which is effectively their projections for uh, Fed funds rate. Um, the median projection for 2023 was increased 50 basis points from from September. 
to now a range of five to five and a quarter percent. So that implies the Fed is expecting to increase rates an additional 75 basis points next year. Mm. Uh, and it's interesting that uh, the market really doesn't believe, continues to not believe the Fed. Uh, futures market even today is projecting a a terminal rate of uh, 475 to 5%. Uh, and then the Fed actually beginning to cut rates in the uh, in the later half of, of 2023. With its update to um, economic projections, the Fed now sees weaker economic growth for 2023, um, slightly higher inflation and a higher unemployment rate at the end of at the end of next year relative to where they were in, in September. And then finally, during his press conference, um, <clears throat> Powell indicated that, yes, we, you know, we've seen two months now of softer than expected inflation data, but that the Fed, quote, needs substantially more ev evidence uh, that inflation is in a downward path. So kind of almost trying to walk back or, or, or tell the market it's a little bit ahead of itself in, in terms of uh, this rally we've seen in, in risk assets and that more rate hikes are needed to get the inflation rate down to its 2% target. So I think the bottom line or the, or the message from yesterday is uh, from the Fed's pr perspective, monetary policy is not yet restrictive enough to get inflation down to its target and more rate hikes are coming and needed. Okay. Um, before we started this podcast, I went back and listened to our podcast from one year ago. And uh, at that time, <laughs> the Fed's dot plot was suggesting one to two rate increases in 2023. And so maybe that's why the the market is discounting what the Fed is going to do. Uh, I think some of us have have perhaps lost a little bit of faith in the in the dot plot. Um, well, 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 if I could just uh, comment there, uh, a year ago the Fed thought inflation was transitory. <laughs> I don't want to defend the Fed, but. <laughs> they thought the Fed that inflation was transitory. Yes, uh, and then earlier this year they realized that it wasn't. You mentioned uh, that. So you mentioned that in the podcast last year. You said, and I'm going to quote here. You said, uh, "The use of the word transitory should be retired from the Fed." <laughs> That's what they stated December 10th, 2021. All right, so let's let's switch gears here and uh, talk about AAM's expectations for the upcoming year. Uh, our economic committee just met this week. Uh, what are we thinking in terms of domestic growth for the upcoming year? We think growth is going to slow. We think the risk of an economic slowdown and a recession continues to increase as the Fed uh, raises rates. And uh, we think that a, an official recession is very likely to occur uh, sometime in the uh, second half of 2023. Okay, so given those, uh, that pessimistic view on growth, 
do we think that ultimately should lead to uh, lower inflation at some point in the upcoming year? It should. We do think inflation uh, will continue to trend lower, but relative to the consensus forecast, uh, we think that inflation risks remain skewed to the upside, largely stemming from the tight labor market and rising wages. So relative to consensus, uh, we think inflation will come in above the current forecast. Okay. So um, maybe my last question will be on um, on the shape of the treasury curve, because like I said earlier, now it's it's negative 80 basis points, which suggests a recession is coming. What's your thought on if the curve uh, will remain as it is now, or uh, will it normalize in the upcoming year? We think the curve is going to remain inverted um, at, at these significant inver- inverted levels. The <clears throat> Unlike the, the market, which is pricing in Fed cuts uh, to occur in the uh, in the second half of 2023, we don't think the Fed will will be cutting rates next year. So that means a Fed funds rate that is uh, at a minimum at, at today's level, but we think that's going to rise, you know, closer to five percent. That's going to drive short-term Treasury rates higher, while the longer end of the curve will continue to price in slowing growth and the increasing risk of recession, which will lead um, to the curve remaining inverted. Mm. All right, Marco. Well, thank you very much for your thoughts on the Fed and providing AAM's views on 2023. Much appreciated. You bet. Thanks, Pat. Have a happy holidays. Thank you. Next up, we're joined by Mike Ashley, Senior Analyst and Co-Head of Investment Grade Strategy. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Pat. How you doing? I'm Thanks. Doing, I'm doing well. Thanks for being here. Um, one of the sectors you're responsible for is retail, and we want to dig into that. Uh, but first, I think it's really important to uh, find out how a consumer's doing. Um, I'm guessing that's probably one of the most important factors or inputs when you analyze the retail sector. So, so what are you seeing? Is a consumer healthy or unhealthy? Uh, are you expecting any type of changes from the consumer in the next couple quarters? And and guess maybe you can shed some light on what are the data points that you actually look at when you're determining how healthy the consumer is. Yeah, it's it's uh, great questions. It's an important time of the year, obviously, for the retailers with the holidays coming up. So um, we've really spent some some uh, time digging into some of the factors and and um, with the consumer and uh, spent quite a bit of time uh, analyzing the retailers here. So, yeah, I think probably the most important thing is consumers' willingness to spend. And looking at the health of the consumer right now, um, they look like they're in really good shape. Um, some of the things that we look at include uh, consumer confidence. Uh, the conference board gives out a 
a monthly reading on, on consumer confidence. And that's uh, that's been pretty steady at around 100. Um, it's up from 2020, um, but down from obviously uh, pre-COVID numbers. But looking looking pretty steady over the last uh, year, I'd say. Another important factor, obviously, are jobs. Unemployment's been down, and and uh, the participation rate is moving slowly up. So we like those readings. It's really strong job. Um, having uh, good good job uh, stability is, is important for uh, consumers and their their willingness to spend. Um, probably the most important thing this year has been excess sa- excess savings. Mm. And we've seen that, right? We've seen that where the boom of savings rates during COVID that resulted in a very large uh, amount of excess savings for consumers uh, going forward. Although that number has is coming down, we still think that that's a, a, a good uh, a tailwind for consumers going forward. Um, talk about that just reading what economists are saying uh, go at the going rate of spending we could see that excess savings um, come all the way down over the next year or so so it's nothing's not the kind of thing that lasts forever but at least for these holiday this holiday season I think it's a good a good uh, tailwind to have okay uh, another what, thing too oops, sorry Mike yeah uh, I was just gonna ask you that's one of those um, the excess savings was largely driven by the stimulus, I assume, right? And uh, that's correct. And then what's going on um, with with credit card uh, balances? Because I I keep hearing different stories about uh, the overall health of the consumer. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's uh, it's another good thing that we another good uh, question and something that we follow. You know, during the beginning of COVID, people were stuck in their homes. They weren't spending. Um, they were also getting these stimulus um, that you talked about. So balances for credit cards were paid down pretty substantially. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened through 2020 and beginning of 2021. Uh, those numbers are starting to creep up again. Um, and I think it's, and they're above 2019 levels uh, and that's one way I think the lower end consumer is is funding some of these purchases and and spending that we've been hearing about okay. um, you know and and everything that we're reading is that uh, the quality of the credit cards charge-offs and so on and so forth are still pretty healthy nothing alarming coming from from that uh, from that factor so we're still looking pretty good as far as credit card okay. standings go. Well, that's actually uh, a, a relatively positive description of the consumer, I'd say. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a good, good position to be in for this holiday. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's very strong. I don't think it continues. Uh, at some point, some of these things are going to. Um, come off, the strength is going to come off and the consumer is going to be 
uh, less, uh, probably less positive, less willing, willing to spend. Okay. So things, these are all the kind of things we're watching unemployment overuse of credit cards and, and we'll continue to watch the savings come down. Okay. Um, let's talk about some, some spending trends. Um, what type of products are consumers spending on these days and, and what type of stores are they going to, uh, are these are there any uh, trends you're seeing here that uh, that are changing? And I guess do you expect these trends to remain in place, or do you expect them to change in 2023? Yeah, so COVID uh, changed a lot, and one of the big things that had changed was the um, the share of spending between services and and goods. And um, historically, service spending has accounted for somewhere around 70%, and uh, spending on goods is you know around 30%, something like that. That thing sort of went wacky um, during COVID. Um, spending on goods really, really took off mm-hmm. as uh, some of the stimulus came through. Um, and uh, spending on services kind of plummeted. You know, restaurants were closed, people couldn't go on vacations, uh, all those sort of things. Where it was a face-to-face interaction, kind of, kind of went down, went south. So they kind of reversed um, uh, paths, and now we're starting to see that come back into line. Um, we're hearing about more service spending. People are starting to go back on vacations. It's been a lot of uh, demand for that. Heard a lot about pricing for airline tickets. It's sort of through the roof. Same thing with hotels. So at some point, um, I think those ratios kind of normalize and and we get back to uh, historical um, relationships. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it seems like it's it's starting to trend that way at least now. Okay, and that would be back to seventy percent on services, thirty percent on on goods. Yeah, that's kind of where we're thinking that eventually gets to those kind of levels. Okay. Um, in past podcasts, one of the things you've always highlighted is how back to school shopping in the fall correlates really well with um, holiday shopping and I'm wondering what you learned from this past back to school shopping season what that tells us uh, or what we should expect about this holiday shopping season yeah that's it's historically been a really really strong correlation uh, back to school sales which are sales um, August and September and we look at that compared to holiday sales, which we look, which include November and December. So those two um, data points have about an 86% correlation. So mm-hmm. very strong uh, correlation. Um, uh, this year, the back to school sales are, were 7.4%. So, um, you know, still, it's still a strong number historically for sure. And uh, so we, we expect just based on 
the math and math here for uh, holiday sales to be somewhere in that kind of range. So um, obviously there's other factors, but just uh, statistically, it looks like it would be a, a strong holiday sales uh, growth number okay. versus last year, so which is also, yeah, last year holiday sales were 12.7%. So we're, we're coming off a very strong year last year as well. Okay. So is it fair to say mid single digits is the expectation right now? And if we hit double digit, that'd be wildly positive. And if it was low single digit, that would be considered kind of missing the mark. Yeah, I would. I think that's uh, that's fair to say. I, I we're, we're thinking, based on the consumer and surveys we've been reading, and and uh, these sort of trends, that we're thinking sort of mid single digit growth okay. for uh, holiday sales this year. And if we get double digits, that would be yeah, uh, that would we think that would be uh, very strong. Okay. So let's uh, move on to the actual retailers. Uh, and maybe taking uh, a look beyond this holiday season. So what are you expecting over the next three to four quarters in terms of like supply chains, inventories, markdowns, margins, anything you can tell us about the, the retailers would be great. Yeah, for sure. So uh, first off, third quarter earnings came in pretty much in line um, to a little bit better than expected. Um, the and that's kind of in general, everyone from Macy's and Nordstrom to Home Depot. So looking across the whole spectrum of investment grade, uh, we're pretty fairly positive third quarter earnings. All of them talked about um, a slowdown in at the end of October and beginning of November. And uh, I don't know, that, that seemed like it could be attributed to warmer weather, election, and just um, consumers sort of taking their time shopping and not so much worried about uh, getting to the stores to buy the last item on the shelf. Those sort of things and concerns with the consumer aren't, aren't an issue this year where, um, versus last year, people were worried about stockouts and items not being on shelves and so on and so forth. The inventory is not an issue this year. And in fact, uh, um, uh, overall inventories are high. Uh, they have been improving and we saw that in third quarter. Um, and I think they're improving because the consumer, the retailers are having to push through discounts and, and are spending money on promotions and so on and so forth. So, they're getting these older items off the shelves, out of their inventory, so they can sort of end the year uh, with a clean slate. And so we expect, and I think the consumers expect, to see some pretty heavy discounts this holiday season. And uh, at, they were pretty positive, the retailers, on you know, ending the year and beginning of 2023 with a good uh, good inventory position. So I think that's positive for the industry um, going forward. Uh, supply chain is, is continues to improve. And in fact, some of the prices that um, these retailers are paying are, are, are coming down substantially. So that could end up helping margins a little bit next year. We'll have, we'll have to see how that, that works out. 
Um, and uh, some of the other things we were hearing from Lowe's and Home Depot just about spending on the home. You know, it seems consumers are still enjoying, you know, positive equity value in their homes and are are willing to spend on projects and and uh, calling in contractors to do work at their homes and and that sort of thing. So that's a positive. I know home prices have come down, but overall, the home equity over the last couple of years uh, is, is is still positive. So that's. That's been an area of strength for for the home improvement retailers. All right. One other thing I just want to make clear uh, is that things look good right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, my thoughts are that um, it doesn't get better than this. In fact, it probably worsens into, let's say, the second half of next year. So things are great now. And it's good for the holiday season, um, but um, we're kind of watching the consumer, and we think that things, um, you know, get worse. Unemployment is going to go up. Uh, those savings that we talked about are going to come down. Credit card balances are probably going to continue to go up. So things right now look great, but um, going into next year and probably second half of next year, uh, we expect things to um, uh, come down okay. so and uh, go the other direction. Yeah, okay, Mike, that's, uh, we'll be uh, monitoring the uh, employment reports very closely as we head into 2023 and see how the, that affects the consumer overall. So thank you. Of course, we want to thank you, the listener, for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you have any questions, Please reach out to your portfolio manager or our marketing team at aamcompany.com. During our next podcast, I'll be joined by Marco and another member of our investment team to discuss a timely issue affecting the fixed income markets. Thanks a lot.